You're listening from the Wallflowers. I'm your host, Jasmine. Supporting somebody who have emotional issues can come from different forms. In previous episodes, we talked with students who had a project to draw awareness, or even a dog can be helpful in patients' therapies. How about others? How should we have with your cousin who is still at school and has droopy shoulders all night long after class? Or your grandmother who looks so nervous, but she knows that my dad is being admitted to the hospital. Or you in your difficult time, how can you help yourself? On this episode, we talk with Henry Chen, an instructor of mental health first aid training offered by Mind Hong Kong, an initiative formed out of the Patient Care Foundation. It dedicates to improving awareness and understanding of mental health in our society. So sit back and enjoy the lesson. Me, myself, I have a psychology background, so I studied psychology during university. So I studied in the UK, but I grew up in Hong Kong. And then I worked in a local hospital in the UK as an assistant psychologist. And then I came back to Hong Kong, attended the mental health conference organized by Mind Hong Kong. The 2017 one. Yes, that one, that one. And then I feel like, wow, this is very interesting. And it's going to be um, one of the really, really hot topics around Hong Kong because the taboo around mental health in Hong Kong is quite um, large. We don't really talk about mental health, even though we want to talk about it. We don't know how to talk about it or we're not quite ready to talk about it. And therefore... I started as a volunteer at my Hong Kong and then become a full-time kind of staff. Overall, I think we really, really need to like attack or, 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 or well fix the stigma around Hong Kong in order to provide the other support, in order to improve how the mental health care in Hong Kong is. So stigma is the first step. This is what I believe. And then... What means by stigmatization? It's quite a large topic. So different kind of things are involved in it so include like let's say labeling so labeling is one of the things so you label either you label someone or you label yourself not that accurate way or sometimes unhealthy kind of way so if you talk about like self-labeling or self-stigma it means that if you are experiencing a mental health problem you might not be that welcome towards these mental health services or you might not approach a mental health professional or you might not even think that you need help. Um, this is one of the things, the so attitudes, and then the other thing is knowledge. So we don't really have the correct or accurate knowledge sometimes, including like, let's say, how we perceive what schizophrenia is or, or borderline personality disorder. Sometimes you don't have the accurate knowledge. And then including like um, more common mental health problems like depression, anxiety, these kind of things. A lot of people don't really have the accurate knowledge about it. And this is why it is creating um, sort of troubles when people want to talk about it, but other people aren't really ready to talk about it. And sometimes people joke about it as well. So given that you studied in the UK before, mm-hmm. um, can you tell us more about like whether the stigmatization you talked about um, happened around in London maybe, or it's just a Hong Kong thing? There's still some stigmas around London or, or the UK. 
um, around mental health, but I think it has improved a lot over the past, let's say, 20 or 30 years. I think the main reason is there are a lot of campaigns that target stigmas. One of the things that I talked with their families is that they are open to talk about their own mental health because caring for someone that is experiencing a mental problem or, or a long-term kind of um, condition is also a overwhelming and kind of tough kind of experience. It takes time, it takes effort, it changes your lifestyle, it changes your daily activities, changes your relationship kind of circle, um, social circle as well. Many, many things that could happen to a caregiver as well. I would say it is quite impressive. There are many rooms to improve. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're an instructor of the mental health first aid yeah. training. Yes. My understanding about first aid training is like when you um, have a heart attack, then somebody would do um, CPR, things like that. But can you tell us more about what, what actually is? Sure. Um, so mental first aid, it is quite similar to the concept of the physical first aid. So you provide immediate help until they get the professional help. Sometimes it means uh, managing the emergency situation. Sometimes if you're not very confident in like, solving the problem, sometimes it's just managing the scene and calling 999, something like that. But having knowledge, having the ability to spot these signs, being ready to talk about these conversations usually helps. Um, let's say emergency situation includes, you talk about heart attack, one of the similar things, similar um, situation to it is panic attack. So panic attack is something that we talk about and how you manage it, first of all, is to assess the situation or assess the person, making sure that you know that, you feel confident that he or she is having a panic attack. But if, not, you, if you are not feeling confident, you leave it to the professional, you call the professional help, but also you can manage the scene. The other thing is, well, like I said, how to facilitate a conversation because, well, a lot of Hong Kong people want to talk about it, but they're not ready to talk about it or ready to listen to it. They talk about how you spot these signs, when is the time that uh, you feel like you should be caring for a person, what is the best way to show your care, some of the verbal, non-verbal skills, because one of the things that we focus on is your attitude. So having a non-judgmental attitude when you, when you are having this conversation is crucial. I'd say, in, especially in Hong Kong, we are quite used to solve problems. So when someone talks about things, we think about solutions, we think about facts, how we're going to help them. But the thing is, oftentimes that what they need the most is the emotional support, being able to be by their side, um, being able to be really, really paying attention to what they said. is the most important thing rather than giving them the solutions because they, they have been thinking about it for a really long time. Things that you, you can say, they might have thought about it before. This might be the first time that they are talking about it with someone. You might be the first person that they talk about it. And sometimes it's not very easy to verbalize the whole experience. So appreciate it and having the correct or, or, or the best attitude that you have to facilitate the conversation is really important. Then who can actually join this kind of training? We're quite open to the public. So I'll say well, anyone, to be honest, because what mental health problems, let alone mental health disorders, so mental health problems is a border term, includes the symptoms of it. It doesn't have to be a disorder, but it could be like any kind of problems. If you think about stats, one in seven or one in six in Hong Kong, so according to Hong Kong research, is currently experiencing a mental health disorder. It is quite an underreported kind of number. What are the people who come for the mental health training section? Many, many 
different populations. So the first thing me myself can think of is, of course, someone that had experienced it or is currently going through it or is managing it. So someone that has a uh, experience in it or, or have someone, so friends and families that has been experiencing it, they want to know about how to manage it. Um, others could be different levels as well. So it could be a regular employee. It could also be HR. It could also be managers, because while managing a team, um, sometimes you want to be get you want to be ready to talk about these things um, when your teammates talk about this. I'm from a younger generation. I can say that <laughs> I'm obligated to say that. Like compared to my parents, they will sometimes when I confess them my troubling emotions, I feel like I want to die or feel like I want to disappear. They will say something that. I don't feel very comfortable. For example, they would say, you're just overthinking, everyone can deal with this, like why can't you do that? In terms of like, you have a very professional background as a trainer, mm -hmm. so can you tell us more what kind of words that you shouldn't tell to someone when he or she is having their mental health problems? Okay, so let's start with the shouldn'ts. So the, what you shouldn't say or you shouldn't do, one of the main thing is to criticize them. So this is really unhelpful. This is the least thing or worst thing you can hear from someone when you are trying to t open up and talk about it. Other things that you shouldn't say is I'm telling them to not think about it or not having these kind of, let's say, sad mood to not do something. Because if you can, you cannot do something, you would. I mean, I mean, this is not something that you choose to have, really. So this is the biggest two shouldn'ts. A lot of the case, we would advise someone that, well, communicating with someone that is opening up, we advise them to not talk about facts, not talk about solutions. This is not something that you shouldn't do. Prefer you talk about emotions. So you validate their emotions. Because sometimes when people are experiencing these problems, from your kind of view, your rational kind of thinking, you may think that, okay, they might not be thinking straight. They might not have considered every solution, every facts. But the thing is, they are having an overwhelming and difficult time. It is not easy for them. And it is true. The feeling is always true. So attached to the feelings, what we call active listening or listening non-judgmentally. From a past experience, I've been admitted to a psychiatric ward in mm. Australia. I appreciate the burden that I'm putting on others in terms of like I'm sharing my real negativity to them. And you as a psychologist and as a trainer, I bet you have come across with a lot of different kinds of stories that may, you may be absorbed or may not be absorbed to. How can you yourself manage those feelings? Mm, it is never easy. Um, the first thing is the structure of the workplace. Often the case that we, we do regular meetings, we talk about cases. Many people would also talk to you about it sometimes because... Um, when you are like managing an emergency situation, it could be overwhelming for you as well. And then from time to time, it accumulates and this is a stressful kind of thing. So people around you are often alert to these um, feelings as well. So we tend to care about our workmates, our colleagues as well. Um, a debrief work. So your supervisor will talk to you about these cases when it's over. Well, it is not just a performance kind of thing. It is also a care about you because a health profession is, is, is stressful, basically. Yeah, they're stressful. And then other than workplace care, 
Well, there are lots of things that you can do in your daily life to keep yourself in a good mental health. Making sure that you're relaxing after work. Because um, I experienced several suicidal attempts before, and um, my friends around like suffer from suicide, suicidal attempts. And I knew I knew the words that I should say, and I really knew the situation, how they feel. Like I would never judge them, I would emotionally support them. But because I know a lot about this stuff, this kind of helpful thing, support. Mm. At times when I really have to deal with my own situation, I feel like those su supporting words don't really work for me. So as you were a trainer, what they should be extra be aware of. <laughs> this is a really difficult <laughs> question, to be honest. Because um, I always know about this group, and yeah. then I knew that like there are a lot of mental health literacy, and yeah. I also have like mass emails about this first aid training, but I feel really scared, because uh -huh. my mother always said, like you shouldn't read too much about this information, because like, I can drill on the details. Yeah, so one of the things, especially for like um, suicidal ideation, is that knowing about it helps. One of the things that we talk about is asking about it when you are like uncertain or, or you are um, suspecting a suicidal ideation. Um, this is one of the stigmas, misconception. Well, this is really, really common and understandable that people think when you talk about suicide, you might plant an idea into other people's head. Or if they are thinking about it and then you talk about it, they might attempt it. This is very common, this is understandable that we think that way. But the thing is, according to like research, evidence, many, many evidence, talking about it doesn't plant the idea to another person. On the contrary, talking about it is a relief because they felt like, oh, this person is re ready to listen about it. This might be the first time that I talk about it. Well, we don't talk about suicide, but when, you, when we think about suicide, we don't, we don't often tell others. Can you use a word or adjective to describe um, your perspective of a future mental health situation in Hong Kong? This is kind of a neutral word to me. So um, the first word that comes through my head is improvement. So it could be a good thing. It could also mean that there is room for improvement. Think like this. So if you know that there's room, it means that there's things that you can do. It could mean that we're sort of behind in terms of our mental health care, uh, mental health services, let's say psychiatrists, we are under half of the recommended numbers according to the World Health Organization. So this is one of the improvements that we can do, <laughs> hopefully. Other improvements, it could be simply, like, like I said, stigmas, knowledge, attitudes. Awareness is one of the things. Awareness of the mental health problems and signs around you. It could also be the awareness of your own mental health as well. So caring about yourself. I am looking into it in a sort of optimistic or, or, or sort of sort of way. So what we can do to improve that kind of way rather than we have to improve. <laughs> um, but overall I'll say we will improve because a lot of people that I've talked to on according to research that we um, we did is that people are People think thinks that mental health is something we have to improve. It is something that we have to focus more on. And then, well, like I said, in our mental first aid trainings, we don't really have to advertise it. A lot of times people email us about our future trainings. When is your next training? Can you sign me up on the list? People are concerned about it. So this is a good sign.
If you have been affected by anything we talked about, please call the Samaritans at 28964000. That's a Hong Kong number. And you can also go to their website at samaritans.org or just talk to your friends, family or doctors. Trust me, they're always there for you. From the Wallflowers is a weekly podcast about Hong Kong-based mental health stories produced by myself, Jasmine Lone, in credits to Henry Chen. The chat we had was very inspiring. Toodles!